0: it's us Sid king and becca stevenson welcome to the good girls gone sad podcast where we unpack our childhood drama and try to figure out why we are the way we are we're
1: here to answer the questions what made you good and what makes you sad Today, we are joined by a very
0: special guest. Her name is Shadé Kelly, and she's the CEO and founder of The Fire Inside, a time management coaching and consulting company. As a time management coach, she helps ambitious women successfully manage their time so they can achieve their professional and personal goals faster and peacefully. Her goal for her clients is to help them holistically manage their time to excel in their career, wellness, and relationships. As you'll hear more about in this episode, Shadé believes that when you can learn to leverage your most valuable resource your time, you can be and do anything you can desire. So Sade, we're so excited that you're here. Um, We thought that you'd be great for the show because your business specializes in helping ambitious women and a lot, probably all of our listeners are self-described overachievers Mm -hmm. and they take on a lot and they tend to feel like if you're having downtime, you know, you're not doing stuff right. And so, um, we thought you might be able to share some tips, but also we wanted to hear your journey and how you got to where you are, because for the listeners, Shade and I used to work together in New York Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. now she doesn't work in advertising and has her own business, which she'll tell you about and lives in Atlanta. So a lot has changed in the past couple of years Mm -hmm. and it's all very, very exciting. So, yeah i think we will just start at the very beginning and ask you what is your good girl origin story so what made you a good girl
2: Ooh, so i loved this question and i had to really think about it like i had to go back to like therapy days like i was like where did this come from? <laughs> um so my origin story i actually remember this i think i was like four or five. So growing up, my mom was a single mom and she worked a ton. So I spent a lot of time with my grandmother. That was like my OG, like best friend. We were really close. And my grandmother obviously was born in like 1929. So her idea of like what she, ladylike was and what a good girl was, was very specific. And I wanted to fit into that mold very young. And she would always describe it as like, you have to be pretty smart, nice, follow all the rules and make sure you're like crossing your legs and you're talking and moving a certain way and you're you know quiet and kept and that was kind of like my origin story of like how I thought I was supposed to be
0: yeah that is I mean I feel like that's just the description of a good girl (laughs) (laughs) somebody recently was like what is a good girl and I was kind of like you know, if you have to ask, I think you're probably not one, which is great. But yeah, role follower, polite, nice, pretty, all of those things just really hit home. And then like
3: the ultimate desire to fulfill that role, like can be exposed to good girliness and like have that in your life. But the like innate desire to like also achieve that is like what really makes you the good girl. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Did you feel, well, what did you feel like growing up Was how this manifested. Like, were you really involved in any particular things? Like, how did you try to strive to meet that ideal? So,
2: like, I'm laughing because it's almost embarrassing. Um, So I, embarrassing. embarrassing. Like, so I remember. All right, so in elementary school, there was like this gifted and talented class, and I, when I learned, (laughs) like. This is so so embarrassing. When I learned about this class in like third grade, I was like, that is my goal. I'm going to get into the gifted and talented class. What scores do I need to get into this class? And I got into that class. I stayed there. And then even better is that I found out about this middle school that was just for gifted and talented kids. (laughs) And I made sure to apply. Uh, Can you imagine? I was like, Ten years old, and I was telling my mom, "I need to apply to that school because I need to go there because I need to go to the perfect college because I have to have the perfect career, and that's how I'm going to change my life." Like I was such an overachiever, I was heavily involved in clubs and trying to be into the best classes. Like I've always just pushed myself way too hard.
0: Yeah, and you're from the New York City area, right? Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. I grew up in in Queens.
0: Yeah, I've all. I mean, I I grew up in the South. Sid is from the Midwest and also Pennsylvania, (laughs) and like I feel like New York City is just a whole other level. Like, if you want to be an overachiever, you're like the highest of achievers, and the like having to get into different schools and all of that. Just, I'm glad I didn't face that because I would have been very.
2: Yeah, did you guys? Did you guys have that? I don't know if that's a thing in other states. I, I don't know.
3: Um, it was a thing there was kind of, we had some kind of magnet thing, but I went to Catholic school and started as a religious thing. I went to Catholic school, like pre k through 12th grade. So, um, which was kind of like, we had, we had like the international baccalaureate program and Mm. some of the surrounding schools didn't. So like some non-religious like high achievers went there and it's almost comical because they were like, Whoa, this religion stuff is wacky. What is going on? (laughs) Um, but I still like, I felt that way with the IB program. I literally cannot do math, right? And you have to take like the highest level calculus and I think another class. And there were, I was like, mom, I think I'm gonna fail it. She's like, it's just too bad. <laughs> you're doing it. You're doing IB and you're finishing. because It's a whole diploma program. You have to do all this stuff. So I still felt that pressure, but um, luckily I could still like attend school <laughs> instead. I didn't have to apply, apply. Yeah. To school.
0: We had a gifted and talented program. It was called AG for academically gifted. <laughs> like really hiding a lot there, very subtle. And we would leave school once a week, or I think maybe it was once every other week, but we, we because would... she was in it. Yeah, I <laughs> was in it. Yes. Of course.
2: <laughs>
0: and yeah, that's why we're all here. <laughs> but yeah, and we would go on the bus to a different school every other week, and there were kids from like I think it was three different schools or maybe just two that went. And so you like it was extra exclusive feeling because you went with people from another school and so like you knew all these people that other people didn't know. And I just remember like in third grade when we took the test because it started in fourth grade, I didn't know what it meant. And I was just like, I got a whatever I got. And my friend was like, oh, I got the same score. And my mom was like, don't talk about that <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> go around and talk about your scores on this like aptitude test that is not cool and i was like oh okay well they made it like a public thing and they gave third graders their test results so yeah what were we so it? Mm-hmm. yeah I think i think like i don't know i loved it it was like really cool learning experiences but then looking back at it i'm like if i had a child and they wanted to go to ag and they didn't make it that would make me so sad <laughs> yeah i feel like there's like two sides of it
2: yeah definitely i feel like it definitely hurt me in some ways because i i still deal with this now where there's this there's always this thought in the back of my head like are you good enough are you doing it good enough are you gonna like get the high score are you gonna be perceived the way you want like there's constant anxiety around like is this the highest level it can be it's almost like perfectionism
0: that's definitely the perfectionism is so real and i Mm -hmm. feel like I don't know. I mean, after working with you, you were always so on top of everything. And like, I mean, I feel like I could tell you were probably a great student because you were like very organized and always on top of stuff. And I feel like it definitely like bleeds into your adult life, that like motivation and discipline and feeling like you have to have everybody think that you're doing a good job. Yeah, especially especially as like
2: an account exec, like the account teams, you like, if we don't have it together, no one has it together. So yeah, it's probably like the perfect role for me.
0: That's so true. And so in advertising, like Sade's role is very seen as like very type A, I would say.
3: But you do you think you got into your specific kind of career because you liked the pressure? Like you thrived in that environment?
2: Yeah, I think So I got into advertising and oh my gosh, wow, this is all coming together. You guys are going (laughs) to really going to see it with this story. So I went to Ithaca college and at Ithaca, they had people come in and talk about internships. And when you're a junior, you know, that's when you actually start really caring about your internships so that you can get a good job. And this woman came in from Ogilvy and Mather. I I remember her name was like Piola, Polar, Paula, something like that, whatever. She came in and she was like the, describing the internship. And I was like, oh, this sounds cool. Like you get to do ads, you may work with these huge brands. And then she said only 2% of people get this internship, like who apply an interview. The, I was I was like, I absolutely have to apply like because it's just so competitive. There is no way that I couldn't at least apply for this internship. So I ended up applying for that internship, getting the I was literally one like there was two of us from our college who got in and I was one of the people.
0: Wait, I'm dying because I also applied and I did not get in. (laughs) Was it like the fellowship thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get in. And it's it so wrecked, hard to get in. It wrecked my world that I didn't get in. Like I was so upset about it. I totally forgot about that until right this second. And it was like an early shakeup for me. My
2: yeah, yeah. It was it was just so competitive. And I was like, I couldn't help myself. I've just always been that competitive girl.
3: hmm And what is what was the environment like once you got there though? That sounds bad maybe. <laughs>
2: It was so intense. Like, you know, it's so funny. Oh my God. I can't believe we're unpacking this, but when <laughs> I was, when I was Love there, <laughs> there was, <laughs> as I was there, like, can you imagine all of us? It's like taking all the competitive kids from all the colleges who want to be in advertising and putting them in one room, the amount of just backstabbing, talking about each other, acting nice in front of, the, of each other's faces. It was like, the hunger games and like for advertising it was insane like i had a great experience um i definitely think they worked just so hard like there were some nights i was there it's like one two a.m went home came back like working on these ads and stuff and it was like it's not that deep you weren't even making that much money but like to us it was just so serious because of the way they made it um seem and i remember there was just like group of people who didn't like me because I like was very to myself and I would only speak to the people that like I vibed with or who were on my team and they were like that girl is just so stuck up and I got I got coined like the stuck up girl the entire internship and I was like I'm stuck up just because I like I just not talking to everybody you know it was just like I kind of wanted to just keep into myself in certain aspects and I remember being coined like the stuck up one or the uppity girl or whatever like I, they, everyone started saying she thinks she's all that and this and that and I swear I've never done anything to make anyone think that it was like the weirdest thing and I felt so uncomfortable and I was like is it because they just are jealous like I don't know what that was you were literally being professional yeah like, <laughs> I'm mad about it what it was the weirdest thing
0: that's so funny oh my gosh Yeah. I well, I don't, I guess I can say it. People can look me up at Merkley <laughs> where we worked together. Yeah. I I interned there and we had the group project. You remember the interns would like go up against each other. Mm-hmm. And I became like vicious in that project. And I was like, we have to win. And there were people on my team who like did not care about advertising. And I was like, this is make or break it for me for getting a job. Like mm-hmm. if I don't win, I'm not going to have a job. And it wasn't even like I'm not going to have a job here. It was like, period. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm not going to get a job after graduation if I don't win. And then my group did not win. And mine either. You think back on stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I hope I should like clock this for my future children who are probably going to be pretty competitive. (laughs) I'm going to need to be like, sometimes you might not win things, but you'll still be recognized as doing well as long as you do your best. Exactly. This is
3: mm. harkening back to my internship. I interned at Kohl's department stores and then I ended up working there for four years. And Kohl's, I'm from the Midwest. It's based out of Milwaukee and there's a small satellite office in New York. And I was like, I'm gonna be the first person from my school to do the New York internship. And I created this like prestige around it and I got the interview. And then basically because I was like, part of a group that worked with the head of recruiting. He was like, come speak to my school all the time. And I was like, can you give me this interview? And he's like, I like you a lot. I can get you the interview, but you're just up against all the other kids who go to FIT and whatever. And I was like, okay, fine. And then I got it. And then I got there and it was like, so, I mean, like, it was professional but they were like oh this is a satellite office we just kind of we just kind of do what they do we don't really know what's going on like I built up this thing up so so much and I like created prestige around it and I would tell people I was like this is I'm the first person from my school New York, internship. <laughs> and everyone's like yeah because there's only like four of you and they don't need you for anything <laughs> but then I worked there for four years and I was like the head of interns because I'm like these kids are going to have a prestigious internship but nice. I don't even know why I told that story. I think I'm too competitive to be like, well, I actually did also do a competitive internship. Of course, and we
2: all enjoy hearing it.
3: (laughs) Yes, and then I found out like a year later that somebody from my school had been offered the internship and she turned it down because her boyfriend was going to be in Milwaukee. And I was like, so I wasn't special? And she also turned down this thing that meant so much to me for a man. This is our careers. I was like, it threw me into a whirlwind.
0: Finding out that somebody turns down something that you really want is like the worst feeling (laughs) in the world.
2: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense.
0: Uh, Well, so how did you decide to transition out of advertising? I know we were talking about it Mm -hmm. briefly earlier, but I'm curious what your thought process was and how you got into the business you're doing
2: now. So uh, I was work. I started working in advertising right out of school. After that internship, honestly, it did make it really easy to get jobs. (laughs) So I did get a job right out of school. And then Two years in, I was like, this is just not what I thought it was going to be, and I need to do something else outside of this. I have to figure out what I want to do. So I started a blog. So that's when Becca was talking about that I was like an influencer because I started a blog and it actually grew a lot larger than I thought it would. Like I went from like having a normal amount of followers, like, you know, like a couple hundred or whatever to like thousands and like thousands of people engaging with my things. But I wasn't really making any money, (laughs) so it looked good and I was growing an audience and I was like, okay, what am I going to do with this? So I started um, selling water bottles on Amazon. I don't know why that is just every time I tell this story, I'm like, why did I do this? But I learned a lot. I started selling like e-commerce products, still wasn't making a lot of money. Amazon took a lot of my money. Um, and then I decided, okay, let me start doing events because all my people from my blog want to meet up. I could make some money off events, made some money here and there off events. I even did events at Merkley. I don't know if you remember that Becca, like I had hosted events at our job.
0: I vaguely do remember that, which yeah. is maybe how I found out you're an influencer.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I kind of started like doing events and then still wasn't making much, but at one of the events, I met a business coach and she was kind of like. You know, you could be doing this like full time. Like I could see you being an entrepreneur. And I was like, yeah, like when I'm old and when I have kids, I'll do that. Cause then i just be home and I can work from home. That's kind of what I thought I would do like down the line. But I was like, I need to like become the CEO of a company first. (laughs) Like that was where I was going. Um and then Kind of like i told you i was supposed to go do this promotion and go move down to atlanta for this job but then i realized that's not really what i wanted i actually really wanted to pursue this entrepreneurship thing like full time and think about doing that and funny enough the pandemic happened so the the job didn't work out anyway so then i ended up hiring the business coach i spent more money than i've ever spent myself besides college on her and she helped me figure out that I have this time management skill. And I was like, people aren't good at managing their time. They're not organized. Like, what do you mean people aren't? Or I literally like didn't even know that was a problem. Literally us.
3: <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like,
2: I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just did not know that was a problem. So, Gosh. so she was like, um, You know, you could start teaching people that and I was like yeah let's see if people are interested in that, so I had asked a couple of friends like um you know do you struggle with time because they were side hustling they had a job in in the creative field too. like I was friends with a bunch of different advertisers and media people and stuff and like they wanted to do things on the side they're like I want to grow my following how you grew yours and I was like. Okay, like I, I was like, let's meet up at Starbucks. We'll all sit down and I'll do like a little workshop. And I created this little deck and I presented it to them. And then the next week I was like, did you guys save time? And they were like, I saved like four hours a day with your, with your changes. And I was like, what, <laughs> that's like crazy results. And then my coach was like, yeah, you need to create a framework and you need to start talking about it on your platform since you already have people there. And I literally, one day I was terrified. This happened April 23rd or April like 13th. It was like sometime around April 2020. And she was like, go on your stories and just offer to people that to help them get their lives together. And I did that. And I had 10 people book a call. That's really amazing. Yeah insane like the story to even tell you i'm like i can't believe that happened and then after that honestly i kind of just went from there and i started coaching people i started doing it one on one and then eventually i started seeing the money come in and i was like i could quit my job so like in five months i ended up saving a lot of money because i didn't have to commute i was sitting at home anyway i had more time to work on the business and then i ended up just quitting my job and i've been working as a coach for the last like two and a half years full-time
0: wow That's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) How did you like emotionally get ready for not
2: having a corporate job? It was so challenging, a lot of tears. Um, I was terrified. I, of course, created a diligent plan like it was (laughs) thoroughly like, here is how I will sustain myself if I quit. And then I had a, here's how I'll get my job back if this doesn't (laughs) work. like i i remember i was like on the phone with my manager at the time and i was like you know i'm gonna go after this but if anything you know doesn't work out i still want to keep a good relationship you know with you and he was like i get it like you're good you know so they totally understood and they were actually really nice they were they were sad to see me go obviously they were like no like don't leave and a, a couple they even kept me in the um in the group chat with all of us for like two years like I just got out um but yeah they were really nice about it but the leading up to it it was just rocky like I was all over the place I was like should I do this should I not do this and then I I really give it up to my my husband who was my boyfriend at the time He really helped me because he was an entrepreneur already. And he was like, Shadi, just do it. And if it doesn't work out, you go back. Like they love you anyway. Like, you know, just, just see where it goes. And I was just like, no, like, this is the end. I'm losing stability. I was like going crazy, but I had to just learn, honestly, I had to learn how to manage money way better than I ever had because entrepreneurship is so up and down, but there's when when it's up, it's up. So it's like, you just have to like, figure it out um and that's kind of how I dealt with it I just went for the leap honestly do you feel like
0: COVID was good for that type of business or I assume it's good right because people had time and extra money in a lot of cases just like sitting around
2: yeah I think COVID was actually good for this type of business because people went from Commuting, going into the office, to now having to figure out how to actually get their work done from the home environment. Many of us had never worked from home before. We didn't know how to have routines. A lot of us went from our pajamas <laughs> to the Zoom. Like you know, we didn't know how to actually have this professional environment and create it for ourselves. So a lot of people were struggling with their time, struggling with their schedule. I didn't know notice that at the time, but I learned that based on my clients, and I started to see what was their issues, and I started to market that. <laughs> that kind of helped me to get more clients now things have shifted a bit but that definitely helped when i was starting out
0: i mean i could have used you (laughs) i was like (laughs) literally when i was in the early stage of the pandemic i went home to north carolina and i was in my like teeny tiny childhood bedroom and my mom had this stool and i used that as a desk because there was no like there were like six of us working in the house and there was no good space for me to go so I worked from the stool for like three months I'm like why didn't
3: I get a desk in that time yeah. you probably thought it was gonna end that's we all I did, did. Mm-hmm. I went home for two weeks <laughs> I worked from a Tupperware container yeah I like put the lid on a Tupperware all <laughs> of my childhood stuffed animals and <laughs> working from top oh of yeah that. my sister
0: made a standing desk out of like something funny like a Laptop case or something. It
3: sounds like a Tumblr thread, like <laughs> yeah. my COVID desk. <laughs> like, how are you? I, that's
2: hilarious. I almost want to see that. Like, I need to, <laughs> I need to see that. Yeah. Um,
3: I think that that's like a really, like, your journey is like a common thing, probably good girls struggle with because I am, um, as we discussed, like, overachieving and then like achieving a very specific goal is a big part of good girlhood. Sometimes we call it. <laughs> and like taking the step back and like, I, like, it's, and I feel like a lot of times good girls are like, everyone knows like, oh, that's the girl that's going to go do this thing. Like you, there was always the kid that was like that I'm running for president. I'm the kid running for president. And that was like that kid's whole personality. And then, you know, other various careers, and then you achieve that thing and you step back from it. And it feels like there's like a stigma, but like only you, and you internalize that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to take a step away from that and then go into like a creative field or just completely change your career, I think is especially hard for Mm -hmm. the good girls of the world. Um, because you're not letting anybody down probably except yourself. Um, Oh, I wish I had a point. I thought I had a point. I don't think I do, but thank you for sharing your story because I think it's, that's like really helpful, um, to hear, especially like you seem like a being organized. That sounds so cool. That sounds, neat. <laughs> um, but as somebody who is like puts their self-worth into maybe like being organized and like being type a, like to be able to like remove yourself from that. And I don't know, or channel it into something else. Um, learning how to do that, I think is really a great thing for our listeners to hear.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think being on a path and feeling like you, like you wanted to be a CEO of a company, I feel like for me at some and you point are now.
2: Yeah. Yes. That's <laughs> oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so I never thought about it. Like, wow, nice.
0: <laughs> Literally reached the pinnacle. Did it.
3: <laughs> now it's time to learn how to juggle or something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're a liar. You were good.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, I feel like at one point my old manager was like do you see yourself being a chief strategic officer? And I was like, no. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I I don't see that for you either. And I was like, huh, interesting. <laughs> I was like, I probably would have just, I mean, I still am, but I probably will just ride this path until I figure out another path. And it's like hard to get off that if you feel like you're on something that feels clear and actionable and relatively doable. Like, I mean, I don't know that I'm ever gonna be the CSO of Ogilvy, but like <laughs> possible to be a chief strategic officer. So I think, yeah, I think it is really hard to like shake that up and be like, no, actually, I have a different goal, and I'm gonna have to chart my own path. I think that's very scary for a lot of people.
2: Yeah, it was terrifying, honestly. Like I, <laughs> I even as you were speaking, I remember being voted like most likely to succeed in like high school or whatever and those little yearbook things. And I I did feel a lot of pressure to stay at this job and to get promoted. And, and you know, and my whole family was like proud of where I was at. And I was struggling inside. Like I enjoyed it for some part of it. I won't say like I hated it. But it just never felt like it was it for me. And I kept thinking about like I have to figure out what's it, because if I don't, I'm always gonna feel like unfulfilled in some part of my life. And I didn't wanna feel like that. Like, I remember I was sitting in a meeting and we were all like typing away, but we were like chatting and we were staying pretty late. And I remember one of my like higher up, like directors was like, you know, you think you can have it all, but you can't. Like, I I have the good career, but I'm not, I'm missing something for my kids right now, like a recital or something or whatever. And all I could think about was like, oh my God, like I want to be her, but like she doesn't even enjoy where she's at. Like, so how am I going to figure out how I can enjoy and actually have it all, you know, whatever my all is. And I think that shifted the way I started to see things. And then I got really into personal development, like deep into like mindset work and like how I can start questioning things, which is like stuff good girls don't do. Like we're like, this is how it is, you know, and I had to like really push past those limitations. And that helped me to kind of break out of that mold.
0: I feel like the wanting to have it all thing is huge and Mm -hmm. also impossible. Mm -hmm. And it's really annoying that it's impossible because it's like, well, if you just work hard enough and you maximize your day. So how do you teach people who like want to do everything? Is there a way that you have to think about like prioritizing the stuff that brings you joy and makes you happy and actually is important?
2: Yeah. So when it comes to having it all, I always say you can actually have a coat. Well, if you're listening, if you're hearing the podcast, but I have a quote behind me right here that says, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. So I always tell the women that I work with, like you can absolutely have it all. We can hit all of the goals that you want, but you can't work on all of them right now. So which one are you gonna prioritize? Which one is important? Which one is gonna move the needle for you? Which one is urging your life in the season right now? And then we start from there. So it is all about like prioritizing each section of your life instead of trying to attack all of them at the same time.
3: Can you speak a little bit about like why you work with women specifically, and like what made you make that choice?
2: I am just like such a pro women, girls, girl. Like I just really am passionate about helping women because I think there is more limitations put on us. I so I grew up with three brothers, so they kind of got to do whatever the heck they wanted, <laughs> right? Meanwhile, I didn't, um, and I think a lot of us that's kind of a limitations put on us just in society in general like we're told we have to do things a certain way we have to people please we may not be able to have all the things that we want to have we can't have the career and have the kids and blah 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 i just feel like there's a lot of pressure put on women like even just the thought of like my husband Probably wouldn't eat if I didn't cook, like my or if I didn't plan out meals. Like he would be like, "Oh wait, should I go to Chipotle today?" Like you know, it's just like the thought of like we have to hold uphold a household and then take care of ourselves. And men kind of just get to go after that whatever it is that they want to go after all on their own. Um, I think that's why I'm so passionate about helping women. I've worked with men, like out of like all my clients, I probably had like three guys that I work with but honestly I'm not passionate about working with men not that I can't help them but I'm just so more passionate about helping with women
0: yeah that makes sense I mean you always hear about even if the women the woman and the man in the relationship make the same amount of money the woman usually does a lot more like emotional labor and labor Mm -hmm. around the house and um a lot more child care and you become like the de facto person that your kids turn to and yeah, I I always think about that, and it's just like well, you really can't win for losing because even <laughs> if you're like making more money and you have this high power career and all these things that we want, it's like you then have all these other responsibilities falling on you too.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that's why I'm so passionate about it because I know I I just see a lot of women struggle with managing their time or even just having the courage. I think that's another thing. Like for the longest time. People thought I was super confident because I acted super confident, but I was like super insecure. And I think a lot of women are like that, where we it's hard for us to find the confidence to even go after what we think we want, not like what we think we should go after, which is a big difference. Like there's certain things where we feel like, yeah, I, sh- I probably should get this job or I should do this career versus like, what do I actually want? Mm-hmm.
3: So <laughs> we also would like to know what, made you sad what makes you sad so basically what kind of prevented you from being the quote unquote good girl in your current life
2: okay what makes me the thought of dying before i get to like achieve my goals terrifies me like i don't even i think it's like past sad it's like it's fear um so that's something that really drives me I think sometimes people think I'm morbid because at least my clients say that because I'm like sometimes if I need to like motivate myself I think about like when I'm like 95 am I going to care about if I did this or that and then I just make an action um so I think a lot about that And that kind of is what makes me sad. Like if I wasn't able to do the things that I've always wanted to or help people achieve their dreams and goals too, like it would make me so sad.
0: Well, at least it's motivating for you and not like crippling because sometimes I have fears specifically like that. (laughs) Or like, about like other people in my life, something happening to them. And I just get so like overcome by the fear. And I this is something I felt since I was like four. So I probably should have been talking to somebody at a young age. But I feel like this has always been like a big fear that I've had and especially now where I'm like kind of like exciting things are happening for me. And like I don't I wanted that to be cut short and not that they would be like, not that that's something that I'm facing right now, but I do think it's good that you're able to see it as like what's important and what's something that I'm going to like remember and feel proud of versus like feeling terrified that you won't get everything done in time.
2: Yeah. I think this is definitely a mix of both,
0: (laughs) but the
2: latter, you know, most of the time.
0: When you're feeling overwhelmed and you feel like you have a lot on your plate and things like that, how do you deal with that? Or how would you recommend that somebody deal with it?
2: So first off, everyone feels overwhelmed. um, Just because I think listeners need to hear that. I think sometimes people perceive me as like, she must not feel overwhelmed. She must always be at a hundred. It's like, no, I'm just usually more organized than most. (laughs) Um, So yeah, everybody feels overwhelmed. So when I feel overwhelmed, what I typically do is I create what I call a worry list or you can call it like a brain dump. So I take a sheet of paper, I actually keep, I was going to show you guys, but I have a notepad right here. I actually keep a notepad next to me at all times. And I just let it all out. Like I write out every single thing that I is on my mind, things I need to get done, et cetera. And I start there. And then I always make this analogy that like all of your tasks and projects are like puzzle pieces. And we need to just fit the puzzle together. And your puzzle is your schedule. So if you can figure out where to fit the pieces into the schedule, the anxiety and the overwhelm will subside. Because a lot of our overwhelm comes from not knowing when we're going to do the thing, not having any direction or a plan for the goal, and then just freaking out because you're not unsure if the thing will actually happen. But then when you take the puzzle piece or the task or project and plug it in somewhere, you start to feel more ease because you know when and and how it's going to happen. So anytime you are feeling overwhelmed, that's like the first thing I always recommend to do.
0: That's great. I, somebody like recently, and this should have been something that I knew about years ago, but somebody recently told me like, just block off your calendar and say like from 10 to 12, I'm going to work on this. And they were like, if somebody needs to schedule something over it they'll have to reach out to you and say your schedule's mm-hmm. blocked and I just had never done that I've just been like okay well I have 30 minutes now so let me just scramble to do it now and it's been really helpful and feels like something that like I should have learned day one but it took me six years in my career yeah. to learn it but it is really helpful and it just mm-hmm. to like visualize your day and feel like you actually have time to tackle all the things that you need to do is huge
2: yeah that's actually called time blocking have you guys heard of that no yeah so time blocking is how i explain it. it's like putting things onto your calendar like like their meetings whether that's like going to the gym eating lunch taking the time in the morning to like do your emails or tasks like when you block off time it's time blocking so it's like putting little meetings all through your calendar That's like the best way to see what you can actually get done. So a lot of times people have like a list of 20 things, but then when you actually time block it, you realize, oh, I can only get about six things done today. So why am I putting 20 things like on my list? Um, So yeah, I love that you discovered that because that's one of the best time management like strategies out there that works for, I've seen it work for anyone I've ever worked with.
3: So then that also kind of like relieves the pressure from you because you're not setting unrealistic expectations
2: on yourself exactly and that's yeah. and that's what like a lot of overachievers do like i work with i i attract overachievers like every <laughs> woman i work with overachieves and they always show me a huge list of things and i say okay let's time block it into your calendar and that's when they realize oh maybe i shouldn't give myself 12 hours worth of work when i only work for eight <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and then you're not even productive for all eight you you're usually productive for like five or six hours
0: yeah how do you deal with downtime are you good with downtime and do you find it important what what's your perspective on that
2: so i used to struggle a lot with downtime because i would feel this level of guilt if i wasn't doing something especially when i was still working full-time and then i had my business on the side i always had something i could be doing so i struggle with the downtime to the point where like you know friends would be mad family would be mad, boyfriend would be mad. <laughs> and I was just like, I need to get what I need to get done. You guys don't understand. But then I realized I actually had this day, t- once again, another embarrassing story, but it's true. I started crying because I was so exhausted. <laughs> I my boyfriend was just looking at me like, I was insane. He's like, why are you crying? And I'm like, I'm so tired. And I just have so much to do. And I was just freaking out. And I'm from that point I was just like I need to figure out something else like I can't live like this I need to relax more and that's when I got into mindfulness so for anybody who is struggling with that I always say like start to become more mindful and have more times where you do nothing and you'll watch your energies Like boost like crazy. So now I schedule in breaks like every 2 hours throughout the day, and they're purposeful like 10, 15, 30 up to 30 minutes, sometimes even an hour breaks to do something fun to walk outside just something away from technology um and i purposely plan in time on my calendar that says stop working like wind down for the day and then i have like another alarm that's like no really stop working like <laughs> wind down for the day because the first one i'm always like eh.
0: that's really smart i think a lot of our listeners struggle with this and mm-hmm. i mean it's certainly something that sid and i i feel like we both have like a million little projects that we're working on. I mean, Sid's literally on a sketch team, has a podcast, does stand up and has a job that's like way busier than her previous jobs and does background work. So like wow. literally we're just, I feel like we're both like running from place to place mm-hmm. and she's a husband. I am a husband. <laughs> it's, it's so funny though, because I like, I don't think I've ever been like, I need to take a break and force myself to do that. It literally until the month that I was getting married and I, basically beforehand was just like I can't like focus on anything else so we did we'd like pause the podcast for a couple months and like I didn't really I didn't do comedy at all and I just was like I'm gonna do my job and I'm going to chill and that's like all I'm gonna do and most of the wedding planning stuff was done but I was just like I need space to like work on things if I need to and I'm not going to try to do anything else, creative or otherwise. And I feel like it was like the first time in my life when I realized like how tired I was. And I was like, this is before the wedding. Like, this isn't even after. This is just my normal life is like taking so much out of me. So I feel like it's caused me to like reexamine my like, feel like, I have no plans tomorrow night. And I was like, I need to plan something. And then I was like, why? Why do I feel like I need to plan something and can't just sit on the couch and watch Avid Elementary and like Mm -hmm. go to bed early? Like That's what I want to do. Why do I feel like I have to schedule something? So that is, that's really smart of you to like, um, make yourself make time for that because it is really hard sometimes to force yourself to slow down
2: yeah it's absolutely needed like and i see that with my clients a lot of them they they always complain about not falling through or things or like struggling with consistency and a lot of it comes down to no i just don't have the energy at the end of the day and i'm always like well you you didn't take time to rest like even if it's not sleeping which sleeping is absolutely important like we all need to be sleeping but if you didn't rest throughout the day you didn't eat enough meals you're not drinking enough water i'm like those things are gonna affect your productivity
3: (laughs) Yeah. I we got to stop this conversation. <laughs> I'm you know, very targeted. I got home at 2 a.m. last night, woke up, went to work, came straight here, and I have to go home and do laundry because I physically can't fit any more laundry. I'm sorry, I, I'm not doing well.
2: It's okay, that's why we're here now. Yes, exactly. Okay, we're learning.
3: <laughs> it's literally like, all right, I have sim- simply no. I, I'm, I am out of my apartment, I would say 75% of like the actual hours of the day. I go home, sleep, pet the dog and it's not my dog. Don't worry. Someone else <laughs> takes care of this dog. I was just like, "What? <laughs> you don't have a dog. My roommates have a dog and I come okay. home and I'm like, this is me relaxing. I pet, pet Oliver for like six minutes and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to go shower and then fall immediately to sleep. Um so yeah okay i will re-examine my life entirely <laughs> good to know good to know um is there anything like final thoughts you would like to share with 100 percent your target audience
2: <laughs> <laughs> um one thing i always recommend is plan your tomorrow today and i think it's something really simple for people to understand so if it's really scary to think about planning out a week or a month or a year ahead or whatever try to just make sure like you know what's coming up the next day and plan it efficiently and then follow through on your boundaries so i think a lot of times especially good girls were probably people pleasers or like recovering people pleasers um a lot of times i would say yes to things or i see clients say yes to things that they really should say no to and I started actually making no my default. And then I say yes to things that actually, am, things that are like a hell yes are things I was usually typically are saying yes to and everything else I'm saying no to. So I can like put the things that I need first. Um, Cause I'm very big on like, if I could finish majority of my priorities by like two or 3 PM, like that's an amazing day. And then I take like the afternoon, the rest of the afternoon for like client meetings, podcasts, other things like that because I never want to feel like at the end of the day that I have other lingering priorities that I have. And I think that can't happen unless you're like diligently planning the day before because you want to wake up with like a clear plan and purpose and not like scramble throughout the day. So I recommend <laughs> starting there.
3: On, you give yourself more than 15 minutes to get out of the house, that's crazy. I feel like I'm, am I making you nervous? (laughs) I will say this is extra manic
2: energy from today. (laughs) You're, you're not making me nervous because I am absolutely used to this environment. Like I'm used to these responses. I, I could tell you guys crazy stories, but I don't want to blow up my clients, but like I (laughs) have had someone I worked with who was, their screen time was 14 hours. And I was like, are you on your phone the entire day? (laughs) like so you would be surprised what people are spending their time doing and but even someone like that was able to get their down even she was able to get her screen time down to like half of that like six hours which was a big big jump so if you need to be giving yourself like i would recommend at least 30 minutes so that way the day isn't so reactive because when you think about it when you start your day in this like rush space that rush stress feeling is going to linger throughout your entire day versus like if you just had even 15 minutes for yourself in the morning just to like decompress maybe meditate I don't know pray read whatever like makes you feel good and then you got dressed and went out for your day I bet you your day would like just end up better
3: mm-hmm. I pr- it,
0: yep it, I'm sure it would. <laughs> yeah, it would it's so funny I feel like when I was working because I used to live like a 15 minute walk from work and so I when I was working at an office I am still working <laughs> but if I still lived where I lived, I could still walk to work, but I don't, which is, I mean, I like my apartment, but it is unfortunate that I can no longer walk to work. But Mm -hmm. I used to get up like a good hour before I would leave for work. And I would like do my little skincare routine. And then I would just sit at the table with a cup of coffee and just like, unwind like I just like it was so nice and I feel like working from home I've stopped doing that and I've been trying to get back into it so I'm not like immediately checking slack when I wake up or like immediately looking at my phone to see what I've missed and Mm -hmm. I feel like it was so nice having that physical boundary between work and not work and so I'm trying to enforce that on myself in the morning because I know how important that is to me to not just like roll out of bed five minutes before a meeting and like start the day feeling frazzled and wash my face at 12. Like it's, I feel like I'm trying to get back to like having a morning. Cause I know that it's just, it's so calming when you mm-hmm. start with something that's a little bit centering.
2: Yeah. And if I could suggest something, I would usually, if like a client came to me with that, cause that's something so common, especially during the pandemic, try to set up different environments in your home. So you can kind of still separate like things. Like, I don't know if I don't know what you have, but judging based on what I see, you could like (laughs) I (laughs) know it's in New York, so like I get it. But maybe you have a corner of your couch that's like where you can relax and have your coffee. And then you have like the other corner or like another table that's like your office. So like for me, right now I'm in my office, but when I step outside, it's like there is my bedroom. That's a different place. I'm in my home now. So like having the barrier and not doing like home things where you typically would do work kind of helps to create that separation too.
0: Yeah, that's great
2: advice. Thank
3: you. Yeah, well, thank you. uh, if no one else does, I will enact some of these things. Um, so no- <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so what you're saying is I should also eat breakfast. You're so I should like eat breakfast, drink water, drink water and not just like have an RX bar at eleven because I'm like, oh, hunger. That's what that is. Um, yeah, I'm
2: yeah.
3: okay, we it's should move mood. on. <laughs> Um, i feel
2: like this was very helpful and you guys are going to boost your productivity so i did my job
3: (laughs) yes we are and
0: everyone should check you out we'll we'll do your handles and stuff later but Mm -hmm. all of our should look into you
3: um so now we would love your entry into the good girl glossary which is the definitive list of people places and things that make up a good girl
2: okay so i was a very avid reader still am and i was obsessed with two different series the first one was anything judy bloom like (laughs) i was just did you see that are you there god oh my god
3: 28th 28th i actually
0: passed the poster on the street and meant to take a pic i took a picture of it and i meant to send it to you to say we should go together and i didn't do that but we should go together
3: you know how many you know how many times i've seen the commercial gone like oh we need to tell becca we gotta go together so know the sentiment we like operate with one mind we just kind of forget to tell each other Mm -hmm.
2: about. (laughs) yes but what was the other series oh and the other series that I was assessed with was the cheetah girls um so I had like every book from them I think there was like 16 or 12 books or something I I didn't know there were books yes I had every single book and Funny story, I actually brought the book on vacation, and I left it in the back of the seat pocket in the plane, and I made my, my aunt call the airline, and I got the book shipped back to me.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was like crying about the book. Um, so yeah, those are the two series that I was obsessed with, and I feel like a lot of good girls probably read those too
0: yeah those are great we've also talked about um junie b jones which i feel like that's a little younger but those yes
2: those are those were
0: always stressful because she broke a lot of rules but like Uh yeah
2: it was like i'm not hers i'm good
0: yeah and it's like well her parents still love her so that's good good to know
3: they were absolutely oh gosh I forgot about how stressful they were and then I just got stressed
0: yeah I kind of want to reread are you there god it's me Margaret I don't think I've read it probably since I was like 10
3: actually yeah. I remember them talking about boobs and going I'm I'm too young for this they're talking about ha- boobs at all and I know that's the whole point of the story <laughs> but I was like Mm-mm, I'm gonna with that later uh, I don't have to build that right now I'm gonna do that later Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I love that there's like, they're like actual real like kids in the movie. Like it looks so wholesome, even just from the trailer. So I'm very, we're very excited about it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was gonna, there was a series that I was, oh, I got really obsessed with this spy series. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because I saw, like, I used to read those books. I like, I've always had like a comfort read that I'll like reread. And like it's kind of changed at different periods of my life, but it used to be this book and I can't, it was like, cross my heart and hope to spy or something like that. And I loved those books, especially the first one. And then I, I could, I would tell you, I love you, but then
2: I have to kill you. Yes.
0: Y'all.
2: Yeah. I'm um, okay. I think I've heard of them. Mm-hmm.
0: I loved it so much. Like probably a middle, this was like late middle school, I think. Cause they were like kissing boys and stuff. Like there was like stuff <laughs> happening, you know, Beyond talking
3: about books, they were kissing boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: and I just, it was so funny. Cause I hadn't thought about that book in forever. And then, um, I read it during the pandemic when I was home. Because um, I was like, I need a comfort read. And I was like, I can't focus on like stuff that's hard to take in. So I reread that book. And then I saw somebody recently on TikTok talking about it. And they were like talking about their childhood obsession books. And that was the one. And I was like, that just unlocked something for me. That is so wild. So
3: mine was um, Running Out of Time. It was about a girl who lived at a living history park, but she didn't know she was in a living history park. And then she like escapes. Weird. No, I do No one no, knows know. this one. Okay. No, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> It was like Truman Show, but not, and it was, so it was on my accelerated reader list because the author is from Indiana. So we had like a specific kind of like accelerated reader thing about Indiana authors and it takes place at my favorite living history park. We've talked about how good girls are obsessed with living history parks. I don't know if you ever experienced this.
2: Mm -mm.
3: No. Okay. We'll cut it out. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Um,
2: Wait, I'm I'm intrigued though. What is it?
0: Mine was Colonial Williamsburg because mm-hmm. that was the one like nearest to us. But I feel like, mm-hmm. do you also count like a Renaissance fair? Yes. Okay. So anything nerdy with cosplay. Gotcha.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like dressing up. Um, I think like even being obsessed with the Titanic almost counts as like a living. Uh,
2: yeah. Okay. I was obsessed with that movie, even though it was like 10 hours long.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that kind of like, I'm very much picking a point in history to relate all of your other times off of like i was really into the 1904 world's fair um we <laughs> not so about, specific. you know what that's that's a story for another time what <laughs> happened they invented the ice cream cone there like it was like actually no i'm not, <laughs> I'm not about to diatribe about the 1904 world's fair not okay. today because we have a game for you yes but <laughs> i definitely okay. Oh yes, yes, yes. Sorry, I second the nomination. Um, okay. We normally we like enter it by s- stating it together. Three, two, two one. Judy, Judy Bloom. Bloom
2: and Cheated Girls series.
3: Perfect. Great. Bum, Thank you for your submission to the Good Girl Glossary. That's great. <laughs> All right. So, like I said before, we entered. Um, we do have a game for you. So the game is very simple. You do you did not need to prepare. You almost look a little nervous, like something. <laughs>
2: But also, um, I, I am a little nervous. <laughs> I'm a nervous.
3: There's no right answers.
0: No.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Can see, you- I want to get. I want to get. A Ooh, good yes, score. Yes. Um, <laughs>
0: this
3: happens a lot. So we started making the games like not have correct answers. We used to do a lot of like trivia, and it would make people extremely nervous. Very and then someone gave us the feedback. They're like, "I actually really disliked that part of it. Can we? Can...
2: <laughs> we were like, I thought oh, it was gonna be trivia, and I was like, oh
3: no, my god. Be, yeah, no. okay. You're all good. okay. Okay. Um. So, we've written a specific game for you. What's the name of the game? It is called Light My Fire, based off the name of your business, The Fire Inside. The game is very simple. We give you two scenarios, and you tell us which one lights your fire more.
0: It's basically Would You Rather, but we gave it a name specific to you. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Okay, cool.
3: Becca was saying this kind of feels like one of those things of being the, the, the Vogue 40 questions, so...
2: Oh my God, I always wanted to be on that. Okay, no, so this is that time. Moment.
3: And then we'll get
0: a house tour after. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys can come down anytime.
0: All right,
3: um, would you like to start, Becca?
0: Yes, okay, so number one, which one lights your fire more? Crossing the last thing off your to-do list or having a task take half the time you expected?
2: Last thing off the list.
0: That's so nice. Yeah. I almost <laughs> never cross everything off my to-do list in a day, but when I do... Whew,
3: um, yeah. I barely finished the list. Like, I get barely right writing down, so. <laughs> so Tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's a new day for, having breakfast. Yeah. for having breakfast.
2: And you're going to plan tomorrow today.
3: Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm planning it right now. <laughs> Number two, having someone compliment you for something you're good at naturally or something you had to work really hard for.
2: Second
0: one. I agree. hmm.
3: Oh yeah, oh, I totally
0: agree. Especially when you like value hard work.
2: <laughs> yeah, of
0: course. Like that's, yeah, that's the real thing.
2: It's like, you could tell me I'm cute. Okay, but did you tell me my business is thriving or something? Oh my God, thank yeah. you. Yeah, God. It yeah. just means yeah. so much more. <laughs>
0: That's, oh my God. That's actually so true. Because if somebody's like, oh, you're cute. But then if somebody's like, your makeup looks so good. I'm like, S-. yes.
2: Yeah. Like I worked so hard to understand. I'm like if someone's like, your skin is clear. It's like, oh my God. Do you know how hard I worked for this? Yeah. One?
0: Well, and I'm always like, it's my Fenty highlighter. Like I can't like just be like, oh, thank you. I have to be like, you can, you can buy it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Don't feel yeah, it's true. yeah that's true. I'm like, you want a link?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Number three, at the end of a long day, which one lights your fire, a fun night out or a relaxing night in?
2: At the end of a long day, the relaxing night in. Mm-hmm. I agree.
3: I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
2: i At the end of a long yeah. day,
3: I'm like, I don't want to go home and sit, which is- well, It depends on the type of long, I guess. I
2: guess yeah. I
3: yeah. As we've discovered, I'm, I'm like, I pay rent, but
2: you're never I'm home anyway.
3: <laughs> you, like at this point. Um, okay, which one lights your fire more? Getting into a freshly made bed or sleeping in your own bed after a trip?
2: After a trip, getting into my own bed—it's nothing like it.
3: It's the best.
2: Mm. You
3: no, know, if someone getting into a, <laughs> a <freshly laughs> bed because that means I accomplished the task that day. Coming home from a trip, That's I'm fair. just like, and back to my own filth. I should really have <laughs> before I left. <laughs> I'm I get like, that. You
0: also always like return at like midnight or like 3am. So, like,
3: I'm very, I, I very much am a red eye person. I'm like, why would I waste time on an airplane? I could not sleep. That's a much healthier option. I'm, like, I'm not a red eye person. That's what I do. An 8am flight is, is usually
0: my sweet spot. You do lose sleep, and I feel nauseous all day. But I feel like,
2: but you you have like a day, like to you know recoup.
0: (laughs) I get that. Get there, and then you have the I. My recent move has been flying out in the morning and then working that day, and it is not good. It's not a good thing to do. I do it all the time. Mm. My husband Michael is always like, "Why do we keep doing this? We're so miserable all day," and we're like, "But we got here."
2: yeah that way you can close the laptop and you can start the vacation but it is stressful because you're probably exhausted yeah
3: but also knowing you you would be stressed that like about the other circumstances like you're gonna make it or like delayed right and then there was some big event the next day like I think it's worth your lack of sleep for you because you would be so stressed about the other stuff
0: that's so true that is extremely true Mm -hmm. you know me very well
3: (laughs) (laughs) um okay it's actually your turn. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, number five, astrology or Myers Briggs or your personality test of choice doesn't have to be Myers Briggs.
2: Astrology. What's
0: mm-hmm. what's your sign?
2: I'm a Leo. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm a rising, and I think it's Moon or Sun. No, it's the Moon, right? I'm rising, and my Moon is Libra. So. Um,
3: oh, I don't know, yeah. know that much about Libra. <laughs> what do you? Mean? Um, I'm a Taurus. And then Taurus moon, Cancer rising. So I'm very stubborn. And
2: that's
3: it. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, I also don't know that much about astrology. Um, I like to say, like, I have pretty bad ADHD. And I'm like, that trumps the day I was born. That trumps, like, anything else. That's kind of what, that's what works. That's what operates the system up here. My, yeah, my Mac OS is ADHD. <laughs>
2: So Um, routines would work really well for you. Just saying I work with people with ADHD.
3: Yeah. I think I also need to like exercise. Cause whenever I used to tap Mm. a lot, like tap dance and it was an hour and a half. I wasn't on my phone. I still got to like jump up and down and like get all my energy out. And then I would like go home and do something productive. Um, but then I'd have to find time to do that again. So (laughs) just gonna, (laughs) You know what? We'll check in. We'll check in later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so okay. it's in the one month update. With... I, was...
2: <laughs> I, I enjoy those. <laughs> I, I really
3: do feel like I need to, like, for you, I'm like, no, Shade was so cool. I have to, like, change my life to impress you. People, please, it'll work in my favor one day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, You're a Sagittarius. Yes,
0: I'm Sagittarius. And I mm-hmm. think I'm Aquarius rising and Pisces moon, except for nobody's really sure on my birth time because I'm the third child, so... <laughs>
3: you definitely have some kind of water sign yeah something in you I believe well oh wait no not
0: Pisces moon sorry Cancer moon which I said that to somebody one time and they were like oh so the Sagittarius and Cancer mix means you have a lot of emotions but you don't allow yourself to feel them and I was like wow I've been paying a therapist for years to tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) that on my chart I like really didn't believe in astrology until then. Cause I never identified with Sagittarius. They're just like fun loving and free spirited. And that
2: yeah. Way. That's why you have to kind of know, like I, when I learned about like the moon and the rising, I was like, Oh, I am kind of like a Libra ish. Cause I'm not so like Leo's are supposed to be like bossy and over the top. And like, sometimes i can be like that, but most of the time I'm not really.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt about Taurus. I was like, I don't even care. And everyone's like, so, yeah, but you are stubborn. Do you realize that you're stubborn? I'm like, about what? I'm literally, I'm not stubborn. (laughs) And they're like, okay, okay, sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Um, Okay, next one. Uh, What lights your fire more, an activity-filled vacation or a relaxing vacation?
2: Uh, That's tough. I kind of like both. Um, I'm gonna go relax. (laughs) I'm gonna go relaxing.
3: What's like your ideal vacation?
2: definitely a mixture of both like i i like to have some days where we're relaxing but then i also like to go on tours or to like find some like i don't know some nature park or whatever we can like explore like i'm very much i like some activities but then i need some days to relax because i i don't like the idea of going on vacation and then being exhausted afterwards because like why did i go on vacation
3: i agree yeah yeah I feel like i never even go on vacation i was like i'm i go on trips and it's like i when i learned what the difference was i was like oh yeah i've never i've been on vacation like three times in my life but i don't
2: know if i've ever heard the difference
3: so a trip is like you're visiting somebody there's like a whole goal it's not like i'm going to madrid for a week and i'm gonna just like be in madrid like on vacation like i'm always like visiting my sister i am always like and I'll, i'll like go to disneyland because i love disney but um so like there's like vacation aspects of the trip, but I'm always like, oh, it's my friend's bachelorette party, oh, it's this other thing. And like mm-hmm. the, but like I'm like, what well, I have to save my PTO days or like it's it's stupid and expensive and selfish to like take a real vacation. So I'm constantly going on like three day trips.
2: Uh yeah. Three days yeah. not enough sometimes. Yeah, it's like a getaway.
3: Yeah. And then I'm flying, I'm taking the red eye Sunday night and then going immediately into the office.
0: Yeah. I, oh my gosh. Somebody told me for my honeymoon, they were like, you need to take at least one buffer day when you get back. And so I did, and it was the best thing. So I'm literally like going to try to do that for any trip now. Also, I have unlimited PTO. Like why am I being weird about taking (laughs) PTO? And so like, I just took two days last week and I didn't have anything going on. And I was like, that's fine. Like I need, I need two days. I just need to chill. Mm-hmm. And it was so nice. So I'm like the, the buffer day is huge. Buffer day.
2: Yeah. We did the same thing. We had, we had a buffer like three days <laughs> in between our wedding and our honeymoon. And it was the best. Like I, I got to slowly pack. Like it was just really nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. We came back to New York. Um, cause I got married in North Carolina. We came back to New York for like a day and a half and like, Got our laundry done you know like took it out because we don't mm-hmm. have a laundry machine <laughs> but we like did laundry went out to dinner like did a couple little errandy things but mostly just like felt normal <laughs> before we went and it was so nice i was like wow this is my number one piece of advice and do not leave your wedding and get on a plane it's not the move mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay this is our last one
2: yes okay
0: it's very straightforward which one lights your fire a silly rom-com or a thriller
2: Rom-com. Me too. Mm. Yeah. Thrillers? mm, Too much anxiety.
0: (laughs) I'm like, like, after the end of a week, like I have?
3: For me, they're just too loud sometimes. Yeah. Like, why are we shouting? Why are there car crashes? Yes. I want to watch two people eat ice cream and fall in love. Is that too much? (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's so funny because my husband loves thrillers and I have to just power through them. I'm like, what is the storyline? All I see is killings and cars and loud noises and superheroes. It's just a lot. (laughs)
0: I like a thriller in the theater, If mm-hmm. I, but I'm never like, I want to go see that thriller. So it's <laughs> like, I'm never watching a thriller in a theater unless somebody else really wants to go see it. But like a rom-com, oh my gosh, any night of the week, I'll just mm-hmm. throw it on, feel at peace. Do you have a favorite?
2: I was just about to ask you, um, <laughs> do I have a favorite? Mm, I don't have, I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. Maybe if you guys name some, then I think maybe some will come to my head.
3: Do you have any favorites? Oh, yeah. That's good. Especially the New York of it all. I'm like, the leaves are a character. Mm -hmm. It's not just even the city. It's like the literal leaves in Central Park. And then when she carries that little pumpkin into the bookstore, perfect.
0: I was going to say You've Got Mail, which is the same. The same
3: movie. Actually, the exact same movie. (laughs) But I also
0: love... um, oh that whole like period of time that was like uh 27 dresses mm-hmm. like easy a all of those oh yeah those are all good all of those I like them all I actually don't love how to lose a guy in 10 days that's the one that's not my favorite I
3: find them both very
2: annoying I, oh I know like, that the one
0: point
3: is that they're being unlikable and I was like mission accomplished I don't like watching <laughs> <Yeah>. this movie <laughs> and that movie makes me a little
0: anxious too because it's like can she just stop doing what she's doing
3: I don't like movies where they're lying to each other. Mm. which I think when Harry met Sally, they don't they don't yeah, know what they don't know at that point, you know. I don't like when mm-hmm. someone's lying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah.
2: Cool. yeah. I, I still don't know if I have a favorite. I really love I liked um, I've once seen this. Love actually is like one of my favorites.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love the holiday. That's actually my The favorite.
2: holiday is good, too. Yeah. Love. Yeah,
3: Jack Black yeah. is a leading man. Anything's possible. I I, Jack, I'm like, always like, I'm actually, mm, if it wasn't for it being, what's his the other guy's name? Jude Law. Jude Law. I was gonna say Hugh Grant because he's also British. Um, but if it wasn't for Jude Law, I'd be like, no, I'm I'm like team Jack Black. But Jude Law is so wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, that it Wait, does it for me. He
0: just says in one scene, "I'm a major weeper," and I think about <laughs> that like every other day. <laughs>
3: I do think it's funny that people find Mr. Napkin face so charming. It really freaks me oh, out. Oh, I think so hate, funny. I hate Mr. Napkin face. It freaks me <laughs> out. Mr. Napkin head, daddy. Seriously, you will fall out
0: your chair. It's so funny.
2: Your accent is so good.
0: Thank you. I watches of- a lot of Love Island. <laughs> you know,
2: that's true. Uh, okay.
0: Well, congrats. You won the game. Yes. You got it.
2: 100%. Yay. It was so fun.
0: (laughs) Thank you for playing. Well, our last little segment that we do is not really a segment. It's where you are able to plug your socials. We call it passing the offertory plate. So if you want (laughs) to let our listeners know where they can find you, um, if you want to let them know how they can um, talk to you about working with you, if that's something you want to share, this is the time.
2: Nice. First of all, you guys have like the best names for your segments. Like totally. I love that one out of any podcast I've been on. Like that is. That means a lot. It really <laughs> means so much. Um, you can find me at Shade S A D E Kelly underscore on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, pretty much all the socials. And then you can go to my website, thefireinsideshade.com to learn more about me. You can check out my blog and also learn more about my services. And if you're interested in working with me, all you have to do is just DM me the word time. And I'll know that you want to learn more about time services. And then we can chat.
0: I love that. I love that you're efficient with your messages. too. (laughs) That's like, it's all all there. All the time management from the DMs to mm -hmm, to the courses. It also feels like a cool secret code word. It does.
2: Right? Like yeah, I- and you don't have to go through your requests. Exactly. Not- okay. <laughs> Which you're like, that's what it is. Yeah. So yeah. It's more so like if I see time, boom. That's, that's yeah. always yeah. interesting.
3: <laughs> hey girly, exclamation point, da da, 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 And then you have to like, they get to the point at the very bottom <laughs> because I'm guilty of that. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. or I'll just say a word with no context. I do that a lot too.
0: hmm Yeah. You can follow me on Instagram at the Becca Stevenson and you can follow me on TikTok. Twitter and YouTube Shorts at thereal_underscore_becca,
1: and you can follow me, uh, Sid King at Sid period, the Period King on Instagram, and don't follow me anywhere else. Follow us though, the Good girls Gone Sad at. Good girls gone sad on tiktok and instagram you can email us your own Good Girl glossary entries at sad at gmail.com please like rate and review you know the deal um and also now that we are on spotify for podcasters which you might have heard an ad before this because now we're girls with ads um you should answer our polls and our q a's because we're going to put them at the end of every episode and if you leave us a review we will mail-, mail you a sticker you just have to tell us that you did it screenshot it and give us an address it doesn't even have to be to your house you can send a sticker to your enemy but we will mail you a sticker
3: i think all that's left to say is jesus wouldn't, wouldn't call,
1: call people, people whores, whores on the
2: internet there's nothing else to say but thank you and yeah, thank I hope you, you had so fun. much <laughs> thank you thanks you guys for having me on um i look forward to hearing the episode bye bye
0: <laughs>